Jesus does invite all of us to a covenant relationship with him that lasts for all of eternity. And if you've entered into that covenant relationship with him, you have the name Child of God. And that leads to our message today from the book of Ephesians in chapter 2. So if you will, uh, turn in your Bible or turn on your Bible if you've got an electronic Bible. Or you can uh, follow along as we read here today from Ephesians chapter 2 and verses 19 through 22. Today as we speak about this family of faith or the household of faith, the Apostle Paul addresses a church called Ephesus that was struggling with their identity. And the question is asked to the church at Ephesus, who are you really? Now that's a question we can ask ourselves every day and perhaps let the Word of God answer that question. But we tend to let other voices answer that question. Who are you? Who are you? Verse 19 in chapter 2 of Ephesians says, So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and are of the household of God. Three images there in that one verse of Scripture that describe who we are as well as whose we are. Having been built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. That's where we get our name. That's who we are. And he is the one that holds us together as a family. In verse 21, in whom the whole building being fitted together is growing into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom, in whom you also are being built together into a dwelling of God, a dwelling of God. God dwells in us. Do you get that? God, holy God, dwells in us in the Spirit. Father, take the stuttering words of this pastor and transform them, Lord, into words of grace and truth from your holy word. And transform us, Lord, that what we hear might translate into how we live. And may we claim our identity solely in our Savior and our Lord Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Well, I want to give you three characteristics that are mentioned in this passage of Scripture about this household of faith, or to answer the question of who we are. And number one is this, we are established by Christ Jesus. We are who we are because of who Jesus says we are. In this passage, he said, we are citizens of the kingdom of God. We're no longer strangers and aliens, but we are fellow citizens with the saints. Now, to be a stranger or an alien means you're a sojourner or you're just passing through or you're temporary and you're not one of us. A lot of people come through our life that are passing through, but they don't stop, slow down long enough to be identified with whoever we think we are. And a lot of us feel like we are that sojourner. We are that stranger. We're just going through life, and we don't know who we are, and we don't know who we belong to. But when you accept Christ as your Savior and your Lord, you have a very special title, a very special name, and it's called Agioi, 
It's not Texas Aggie, okay? Agioi. It's the Greek word for holy. And we translate it in English, saint. And when you think about the saints of the church, there are many churches and denominations that recognize people who've had a special dedication to God and a special commitment to God marked by certain signs and wonders in their life. And they are canonized and called saints. But according to the Bible, all believers are called saints. And you, if you've known Christ as your Savior and your Lord, you've asked Him to come into your life and forgive you of sin, you are an agioi, you are a saint. Paul uses that word over and over and over and over again as he writes to the saints who are at Ephesus, the saints who are at Philippi, the saints in all the churches, and even in the book of Revelation. The word saint is our unshakable core identity. Once you become a saint, having believed in Christ, you are made a saint not because you're perfect, but because the perfect one lives in you. Paul said it this way in the book of Colossians, put on Christ like putting on clothes, like putting on a coat. We put on Christ in our person. He has washed our sins away. He has forgiven us of our sins. The, the, the past is no longer has power over us. The presence and power of God lives in us through the Holy Spirit. And we are being transformed and we are called the Holy Ones because the Holy One lives in us and we identify with Him. It is our unshakable identity. The Christ in you cannot be removed. The Christ in you cannot be um, uh, 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 shaken. The Christ in you is eternal. And so are you. There's a lot going on in our world that shakes us up, but Christ is unshakable. Let's claim that. Christ is my Savior. Christ is my Lord. And I'm a child of God. I may not feel like a saint, and sometimes I don't act like a saint, but I'm made a saint, and it's time to claim it. Saints are the born-again believers who have trusted in Christ. Jesus said, Verily, truly, I say to you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless you've been born again. Paul said in this verse of Scripture, you're not strangers, you're not aliens, you are fellow citizens in this kingdom of God. This kingdom of God that's greater than Ekman Baptist Church or any church, the kingdom of God rules and reigns from God's heaven, and that's who we are, and that's where we belong. That's our citizenship. It's also our birthright. We now have this new birthright called child of God, called a saint. We read the story in the Old Testament about twins that were born, Jacob and Esau. Esau was the elder, Jacob was the younger of the twins. And as they grew up, there was competition between them because there was competition, competition between mom and dad. And at one time, Jacob, who kind of stayed home, cooked all the meals, Offered, had, a, had a nice meal prepared, soup and all that went with it. That must have been good cornbread if they had cornbread back in those days. I don't know. But a lot of good bread to go with it. His brother came in from hunting. He was famished. And his brother Esau, the elder brother, said, I'm hungry. Give me some of that soup. And Jacob said, well, I'd be willing to give you some of this soup that I've made if you will give me your birthright. 
Now, to have the birthright means you were the eldest of the family. You inherited what the family uh, had collected when mom and dad passed away. And you would uh, uh, give out to the rest of the children, your siblings, what uh, you thought they ought to have. It was a powerful place to be in the household. And Esau said, I am so hungry for what I need right now that I'm willing to trade who I am. And he sold his birthright for a pot of soup. And you say, well, I, I haven't done that. Well, have you? I think sometimes we have so discounted our claim, our right, our role in the kingdom of God as children of God that we will satisfy our short-term desires for God's eternal plan for us. Saints are not perfect, but we are being perfected. And Paul wrote to a church called Corinth that had major moral problems, major theological problems, and he still called them saints. And if he wrote a letter to Ekron Baptist Church, he would use that same phrase, that same word, to the saints at Ekron Baptist Church. Let us claim our identity and let us live up to it. If you agree, say amen. The Bible affirms what Paul has mentioned here in other places, calling us the household of God. Now, when we are in the household of God, we have been adopted into this family. And Paul's big argument in the New Testament was, many people thought they were members of the household of God because their parents or their grandparents were Jews. And so, they inherited this title genetically. They were born, literally, into the household of God. But Jesus came, come, came along and said, those who believe in me and follow me are also children of Abraham. You're also included in this people of God called Israel. Paul's used that term, the new Israel, to refer to the church and those who live in the household of faith. And this adoption that we have received is God's love shared for us. In 1 John John writes, see what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God and that's what we are, he says. So who are you? I'm a child of God. Who are you? I'm a child of God. Who are you? Am I what somebody else thinks I am? Am I my, who my parents think I am? Am I that person bes sitting beside me think, who, uh, who they think I am? Am I the peers and friends that I'm getting ready to go back to school with? Am I who they think I am? No, I am who God thinks I am. I am a child of God. And it's time, time to name it and claim it. That's the only part of the prosperity gospel that I agree with. Name it and claim it. In fact, the Bible says in Hebrews, we are counted as brothers to our Lord Jesus Christ. Both the one who makes people holy, who is that? Jesus, both the one who makes people holy and those who are made holy are of the same family. So, Jesus is not ashamed to call us brothers and sisters. Jesus, who is the Holy One from God, who never sinned, whose great love demonstrated on the cross at Calvary, is not ashamed to call you a brother or sister in Christ. We are made 
to be heirs and co-heirs with Christ. In Romans, the Bible says the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are the children of God. Now, he said, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God, co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. Some of you, some of you, since you became a Christian, have faced more conflict and more trouble than you did before you became a Christian. That's part of being a Christian. We share in both the sufferings of Christ, who was rejected by the whole world, the sufferings of Christ because he was defamed, the sufferings of Christ because he physically received this lashing of a cat and nine tails, the crown of thorns, and the cross of Calvary itself, this Jesus who was rejected by the world, we share in his suffering. He was even misunderstood by his closest disciples. We share in his suffering. But we also share in his resurrection glory. Uh, that day's coming. That day's coming when we'll be raised from the dead by the power of God and we will be seated the, with uh, Christ in heavenly places. We will be with the other saints in God's holy heaven. That's our future because we are of the household of faith. We are the saints. We are the children of God. It's time to the church name it and claim it and now we can live up to it. So often we say, well, the word, you know, being a saint's way up here and I'm way down here. I'll never be that good. I'll never get there. I have all these troubles. I have all these problems. If you just turn that around and say, because I'm a saint, because I'm a child of God, this is how I choose to live. Let me share with you a couple of insights from that passage. I've come to learn that everyone, all of us here, Yearn to belong. The need to belong is the most basic of human needs. God created us that way. We want to belong. We don't want to be left out. We don't want to be isolated. We have the need to belong, to gather with other people. Now watch this. You still with me? We have the need to what? Belong. We have the need to what? And what was that other word I used? Gather. Gather. The word for church in the Bible is the word ecclesia. It means the gathered ones. If you believe you belong to Christ and to his church, the household of faith. If you struggle to feel like you belong at Ekron, I have some good news for you. The fact is, you belong because of your identity in Christ. Hear this, hear this. Participating in church ministry is not about being in your comfort zone and sometimes disappointments with one another is inevitable. But it's also through these 
discomforting experiences. Hang on to this. It's because of these, you know, as we gather, as we gather, we bump into one another. As we gather, we learn all the dirty secrets of one another. (laughs) As we gather together, we have conflict. It's inevitable. It's going to happen. That's how we got our Bible. (laughs) That's how we got our Bible. Because there was conflict as the people of God gathered. So what's God doing in your life as you gather with people you can't get along with? What's God doing in your life as you gather with people you don't agree with? What's God doing in your life as you gather with people you bump into and have conflict with that's inevitable? Hey folks, if it's true in your household where you live, why is it not true in the household of God? Okay? What's God doing through all of that? It is through these experiences that we learn to love as Jesus loves us. It's through these experiences that we grow to forgive as Jesus has forgiven each of us. It's through these experiences that we learn how to encourage each other and build each other up just as Jesus Christ does for us. You know, my sons didn't grow up at the same time. They all, both of them matured in different levels. But I'm telling you folks, learning how to deal with the conflicts and the problems in your life is how we learn to mature and grow up in Jesus Christ. So claim who you are and be whose, whose you are. Secondly, quickly, and I'm going to wrap it up here. We are empowered by the Holy Spirit. That's how we reside in this family or this household of faith. He said in verse 22, In Him you also are being built together into a dwelling place by God, or for God, by His Spirit. It's the early church that that was empowered by the Holy Spirit when the Holy Spirit fell at Jerusalem to perform miracles and wonders and signs. He will empower you as well to live as a child of God. He will empower you to serve the risen Savior. I serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. I know that He is living, whatever men may say. Y'all know that song? That's who I am. I'm a child of God that serves a risen Savior. I may wash dishes in the kitchen every now and then. I may help set up chairs. I may help with uh, uh, different things around the household of faith and the church of the, of the Lord uh, Jesus Christ, but my greater role is to serve a living Savior. Anybody remember LBJ? Anybody know who LBJ was? Any Vietnam veterans around here? Lyndon Baines Johnson visited NASA one time, and he saw a a custodian working with enthusiasm, sweeping and cleaning the floors in NASA, and they have to be sparkling clean. And uh, the president said to the custodian, you're the most enthusiastic custodian I've ever seen and most enthusiastic janitor I've ever seen. And the janitor responded, sir, I'm not just a janitor. I helped put a man on the moon. I don't just help in the kitchen on Wednesday nights. 
I'm here to see that boys and girls come to know Jesus as Savior and Lord and live for eternity. You see the difference that makes when you're empowered by the Holy Spirit? So who are you? You are one who is accepted in Jesus Christ. You are one who is loved and valued and treasured by the God who created you. You are the one whose past is now approved and whose future is wide open. You are the beloved child of God whose handiwork is the universe. You are a child of God, created, made whole, healed, cleansed from all the ill of this world by your Savior and Lord, Jesus Christ. But have you made that decision? Have you committed your life to him? If you've not, I invite you at this time to do so. Let's bow our heads and hearts together. In a moment, we're going to sing a song. And while we're singing this song, I want to invite you who are ready to give your life to Jesus, invite him into your life, be your Savior and Lord, to just come forward. And we'll pray that prayer together as you give your life to Christ. Others of you may want to come and unite with our church and the sister church. We invite you to come. Some of you may just want to come and pray. Some of you, right where you're sitting, need to make some lifetime uh, decisions about who is really the Lord of your life. Is it Jesus? Is it the Savior of the world, Christ our Savior? Or have you given that lordship over to where you work? Have you given that lordship over to your peers? Have you given that lordship over to people who are trying to hurt you? Renew your walk with the Lord and, and just say where you are. Jesus, I renew my relationship with you to truly be Lord. Father, take charge of this time of worship. May you be honored and glorified by all decisions that are made. You've been listening to the Sunday morning worship service of the Ekron Baptist Church. You too can accept the eternal life offered by Jesus Christ. First, admit that you are a sinner. Then believe that Jesus Christ can forgive you of your sins and ask Him to come into your heart and change your life. Then confess your faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. If you've made this decision today, write to us at the Ekron Baptist Church, 2775 Hayesville Road, Ekron, Kentucky, 40117. If you're looking for a church home, we invite you to be a part of our growing family with programs and Bible studies for all ages. Join us next Sunday at 11 a.m. for morning worship from the Ekron Baptist Church. Until that time, may God bless.